Hello and welcome to Dinosaur Man News and Reviews. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Yes. 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 You are here. Yes. I am here. No. We are here. No, you're not here. What? Oh my God. You're phoning in remotely from Skype. I'm a ghost. No, Skype isn't for ghosts. That's Snapchat. I'm on... (laughs) I know that the ghost is the Snapchat symbol. Is the little the little icon. King Boo himself making millions. In Emoji Movie, mm. was there ever a point where the Snapchat ghost came and scared someone? Uh, there probably actually is. Yeah. I can't really remember. Or maybe they don't really reference the fact that Snapchat exists because of, you know, that's where illegal things happen. Illegal things? What, yeah, like drug dark, deals and stuff go through dark Snapchat. Uh, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, I think Snapchat is the dark Last web. time you went on Snapchat, you offered an AK-45. I, well, I read about a thing that was about drug dealers using... Um, hey, uh, this is probably me reading old people news, but... <laughs> Are you reading the papers where it's like, oh, young people are buying drugs? Well, they are. Well, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> Do you believe a lot of what you read? Try and tell me that that's not true. It's not true. A lot of young people don't buy drugs. I spoke to Well, they five, get them for free instead, do they? I spoke to five young people, and none of them have mm. had bought drugs. Yeah, but you only spoke to babies. And they said, goo goo gat gat, and then they said, tixie licks. And I was like, mm, that is a drug. Yeah, but I put my baby translator on them. They're the things I've been working on in my garage all this time. Okay, so you're, you're revealing plot points for Boss Baby 2 now. <laughs> How did you know I wrote the treatment? Because I've seen the trailer and that's in there, <laughs> and I think. And it screams, Andy wrote this. Um, okay. Welcome to the episode, though. Welcome. How are you? I'm all right. We had the Oscars last week. Um, means we're probably not going to... I'm going to guess we're not going to talk about the Oscars, are we? Or Talk about how no one watched them. <laughs> we, yeah, we it felt like about no that. one watched them. Well, the, the rating... I didn't want to watch them, and I'm one of the 10 million people who did. Like, the viewership dropped massively. Yeah, by 13 million. And it was such a weird event. Like, we said, we commented when we watched it, and like I said, we had a whole episode last week where we Mm -hmm. predicted the Oscars, we then watched them and reported while watching them and got more tired and then ended. Um, So if you want to kind of know the runners and riders and kind of who wins and stuff like that... um, Go and listen to that, I guess, last mm-hmm. week's episode. Um, we did that for you. Uh, <laughs> but... God knows we didn't do it for ourselves. But yeah, from everything I'm seeing, it, I think it has to be a problem that you managed to get something off the ground, but at the same time, nobody really cared. Yeah, I think that's the problem with the whole of award season this year. No one really cared for any of it, and, you know... Why do you think that is? Like I know, that I think not people just presume because cinemas yet. haven't been open for external things. I think it's because cinemas haven't been open, so people mm-hmm. just presume that movies haven't been there in the same way. So there's no interest in it. There's also that element of last year there was a genuine, like going into it, there was this genuine wave of, oh, Parasite is a phenomenon. Whereas mm-hmm. this year, none of them really had that. But do you think that you look at the best picture like nominees? It didn't ever feel like any one of those was getting more, more buzz than anything else significantly <laughs> in the wider media. So, I, you know, it's it's not a la-la land here. It's not a... Yeah. 
it's it, it, there's nothing that a general audience member can latch onto and go, oh, okay, this is the narrative. Do you think that's why they tried to change things up and have the best actor at the end? No, they were just convinced that Chadwick Boseman yeah. was going to win. That was, that, I mean, was, that was your buzz, wasn't it? People went, Chadwick Boseman should win. He will win. We can all kind of celebrate him together. And that's why we'll put it as the last thing of the night. Mm. Um, but yes, there is a whole podcast on that. Um, and yeah, it does raise questions about kind of what the what they all do for next year because we all know that as soon as something happens in the academy, they rush as fast as they can to try and course correct. Mm. Um, so we will see kind of what they do for next year. You know, whether it's like they go, this kind of multi-host thing isn't working, we need to have an actual host again. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do to kind of fix what they see as dwindling numbers. Um, but we should probably get into like the actual episode. Like, let's talk about what this episode is. So, we are the only podcast that talks news and reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, focusing on movie news and TV news. I didn't approve this. Um, entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Um, what will we be reviewing today, Alex? Nomadland. Yes. Best picture winner. Spoiler alert for last week. Uh, did you see the Mitchells versus the Machines? I did. Okay, then the Mitchells versus the Machines. Invincible Series One yes. Roundup and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Series One Roundup. Yes, and any more? I think that's it. Okay, I that's think. it. That's it. Yeah, I don't think we we watched the Mummy, but we don't need to talk about how good that is again. I feel mm, it's still good. It's great. Uh, obviously, we're talking Tom Cruise Mummy, guys. <laughs> Didn't you, approve this. Have you either. ever seen Tom Cruise's Mummy? Yes. I don't know. I just feel like there's some reason you wouldn't have seen it. I'm 100% sure that I either saw it in the same cinema as you, <laughs> or I saw it before you. I don't know. When when all the windows turned to sand, uh-huh. uh, did you hear somebody go, Woo! Why did you think, hang on, were you, did you do that jokingly, knowing that I'd seen it? No, I couldn't actually You actually remember. couldn't remember if I'd seen the movie. Because you're the kind of person who would have just gone, oh yeah, this is one for you. <laughs> but it was the period of time where I was watching like, every action movie. Okay. But we're going to talk about those things for reviews. Um, but before we get there... We're I feel going... like you don't know anything. I don't know you anymore. Who are you? Before we get to movie uh-huh. news, uh-huh. though, we must first take a jaunt down this alleyway called yeah. Gaming News. Oh. Um, video Game just News. Just confused by the outside world. Yeah, you? sorry. I saw a yellow car outside and it's just oh. rare. <laughs> Um, Do I have to punch you? Bad news. Jesus Lazardo has fractured his pinky while playing a video game. He's Jesus Lazardo. He's the starting pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. Oh, no. Okay. Cool. Oh, no. What does that mean for the sport? Well, it means that he's out with a fractured pinky. What video game is he playing, does it say? Yeah, it says he was playing... Um, Major League Baseball. <laughs> Busman's Holiday. Yeah, he was playing Jesus Lazardo Simulator. <laughs> Um, no, it doesn't say. Um, I know everyone has been waiting for me to tell them this, but I've been playing Pokemon Snap. We've got to save that for your gaming episode. So, next week will be a gaming episode. Um, I, I have been told. But new, new Pokemon Snap is yeah. out, and I played a little bit of it. Uh-huh. I'm having such a great time. I'm Do having... you want other gaming news, by the way? Yeah. 
Best gaming news of the year. Pokemon, new Pokemon Snap is out. Fuck your Pokemon Snap. Whoa! Gas Station Simulator is a real video game that's coming soon. Is this the one that you were looking at getting? No, Which this one is one on? I've just found out about today. Which was the one you were going to get? Um, I don't know, the Tenants. Landlord Simulator? Yeah. Uh, but then I realised that it's basically The Sims, except you just collect money from idiots. <laughs> um, so it'll be downloadable in 2021 with a free prologue ready for download now. Could you run the best gas station in town? What if it's a town with only one gas station? Hmm. Interesting. You're definitely going to get that. So you start out by purchasing a rundown gas station. I'm actually losing interest in recording this episode. And I just <laughs> want to play this instead. You'll need to get to work on cleaning the place up if you're going to see paying customers stop by to purchase some gas or snacks from your gas station. Renovations are also required to remedy years of <laughs> neglect and improve the quality of your investment. Has a game ever spoken now? Has a game ever spoken and more to your Gas side? station. What's it called? Gas station simulator. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So. Like I said, next week um, we should be recording. You're literally searching this, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start. Yep, prologue. Yep, okay, free. Like the sound of that. <laughs> next week, hopefully, um, should be a gaming episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be talking about Gas Station Simulator, the hotly anticipated game. Um, with a special guest. Yes. I already messaged them, they seem to be on board. Is this the special guest who was annoyed last time yes. that you didn't contact them? Mm-hmm. The one that there's plenty of apologies on the episode for for not contacting them, um, but mm. shall we talk then? Um, because like I said, I'll talk about New Pokemon Snap at length then. Sure. Um, but shall we talk some movie news? Yes, we absolutely should. And That's the movie news for. this week is. Don't worry, I've already started the download. <laughs> uh, movie news this week. Okay, Adam Wingard is in set is. Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Oh, He's wow. in talks to direct another MonsterVerse so, um, movie. Little peek behind the curtain, guys. You might be thinking, Alex sounds exceptionally tired today. Like, they must be doing a late record. No, this is fairly early. I'm so <laughs> tired. I can be tired at any time of day I want. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always tired. Not that I'm always tired. I'm tired today, but I think... I, I've been out of whack all week, and I don't think that's good. Is it because you caught the sun a little bit yesterday? No, I think it's entirely down to... I haven't got back on track since the Oscars. No. It was a stupid idea. We should never do it again. Um, Adam Wingard might yeah. direct the next Godzilla verse, the Monsterverse movie. Um, so, yeah, they think it might be Son of Godzilla? Son of Kong. Son of Kong. Yes. Um, I'm down for that. Like, I enjoyed it. But they don't know when it's going to be because he's got two movies already. Yeah. Thundercats and the other thing. So they talked about how they were, I think... Face off. There was a concern that Mm. this MonsterVerse would end because they didn't think the box office would show promising for it. Yeah. I think, you know, with COVID um, and everything like that and with cinemas mainly being closed, I don't know if they thought the money was going to be there for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, the appetite was there. It's kind of the film that jolted things back into life a little bit. If you look at kind of the money it was bringing in, it was bringing in a fairly decent amount worldwide. Um, And people seemed extremely excited by what else could happen in this um, series. Yeah, I mean, the caveat there is obviously it's the first sort of Western movie that has... Because obviously China's had massive successes already this year and last year. And Demon Slayer uh, set Japanese record for the highest grossing film of all time in Japan. It's now top of the box office in the US as well. Mm. So, like that, that film is having a. Um, Do you feel you're missing out by a not big knowing impact. anything about Demon Slayer? 
I mean, I'll watch it. Otherwise, you could get on board. Do you have to watch watch the series? Probably not. Is it a series first? Yeah, of course it's a series first. Can I watch the movie without watching it? Anyone who has seen Demon Slayer the movie, Mm. can I watch it without seeing any of the series? Because I don't want to commit time to a series... But I am willing to commit. You don't time want to commit time to a series. You've just committed time to two different series. They both ended. You need a new series. <laughs> yeah, but I also said that I'm going to watch um, whatever it was, Karate Kid series. Cobra Kai. Yeah. You've well, you said that about a lot of different series, and and I've not seen any of them. You'd be finally returned to the good place after two years. <laughs> so you know. Um, so yes, because he's got the Thundercats movie to do first, and also the Face Off sequel. Um, we just don't know when it will be. It's unclear whether this will be anytime soon or whether the, one of those will get pushed. I mean, 100% convinced that a Thundercats movie probably is not going to be anytime soon, but we'll see. If Cats was the best we could do at that point, we need to wait 10 well, years somebody, before that Somebody improves. made a Thundercats um, previous, didn't they? Like Somebody did it in the, like, it was like a fan-made film, and it looks great. And that's get, kind of like... Get them. And I imagine that's what they've done. They've gone... Well, they can do it, and we can make it look like it kind of works, mm. and it's a hell of a lot more convincing than cats because cats, for some reason, went these need to have human faces. Yeah, but of course, the Thundercats famously had slightly human faces. Mm-hmm. So maybe they went cats can do it, so can we. But the cat, obviously, cats. Look, cats was the inspiration for Thundercats. We all know that. <laughs> McCavity, Snarf, all of the guys are there. Uh, cool. So that's happening. Yes. Vin Diesel's going to be in Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Because why not? Like, what... He's he's also producing. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? What do you imagine it's going to be? Do you think this is going to be a real steel sort of thing? Um... No. In which case... I think it's going to be... Because real steel is basically Rock'em Sock'em Robots, yeah? I I think he's going to be painted red and painted blue. And he's going to do dual role. Real Steel, you, you've seen... Real Steel's like? fine. Yeah. I always forget whether you actually like it or not. I mean, I I've got it. no interest in a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie with does Vin any, Diesel. Does anybody? I've got no interest in seeing anything Vin Diesel is in. Wow. Wow. So you didn't watch The Last Witch Hunter? No, I actually didn't. I can oh. co- I can confidently say that I didn't watch The you Last Witch Hunter. You didn't watch Bloodshot? No. Oh, wow. I mean, the last thing I saw oh. him in would have been Guardians of the Galaxy is, 2, I guess. This is crippling to Vin Diesel's career. Uh, so it's being written by Ryan Engel, who also wrote Rampage. Um, they went, he so, did a video game film, let's get him to do another one. Yeah, so the story is, it follows a father and son, so far so real steel, who form an unlikely bond with an advanced war machine. I mean... So far so real steel. This is just real steel. Guys, what's real steel? So this is part of the upcoming Mattel Cinematic Universe, (laughs) MCU, um, which includes the upcoming Barbie film, Barney film, Hot Wheels film, and Magic 8-Ball film. (laughs) Still funny that that's existing. Um, Oh, and with Universal, the company is currently developing a feature version of the popular TV series Wishbone. Incredible. Remember Wishbone? (laughs) No. The dog who went into literary adventures? It was in Frankenstein once. It was good. Um, okay, so that's that. That's all the news I got on that one, I'm afraid. That story is still developing. One of we'll us, have more as it develops. One of us will probably end up watching it. 
yes, and I can tell you that you are that one. I'm not watching that film. Anyway, it's going to be two years' time. The podcast might not exist then. Um, let's see. Uh, English language remake rights to Thomas Vinterberg's Best International Film Oscar winner, Another Round, have been acquired after an auction. Uh, an auction, rather. Auction. Um, so it's going to be developed as a star vehicle for Leonardo DiCaprio and was won in a bid by his and Jennifer Davison's Pion Way Endeavour content and Brad Weston's Make Ready uh, developments. So um, it will be in a couple of years' time. Or it might never happen, just like the English-language remake of uh, Tony Erdman that um, I think Jack Nicholson was attached to. I thought that was still coming out. I, I don't think production has actually officially started on that film. I think the frustrating thing for this is, like, we still haven't seen the original version of this because mm. it hasn't been released. Yes. Um, and I imagine what will happen is you'll watch it and you'll go, okay, yeah, this probably doesn't even need an English language release. Yeah, but, hey, these things happen so that the... Mm-hmm, gotta get that coin. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last... <laughs> So the last information about Tony Erdman was in 2018 Ooh. when uh, Jack Nicholson dropped out of it oh, no. after 18 months of silence on the film. So, yeah, I don't think that film is going to happen. Anyway. I um, think the original version might be on Netflix at the moment. Yes, it is. Uh, right. What else have we got? Trailers. Trailer roundup. So it's a slow news week. Am I pulling my collar and doing a sort of, because it's a slow news week. Okay, everyone like that. Um, So trailers, Luca, this is the new Pixar movie that is debuting on Disney Plus in June, I think it is, Um, about fish monsters who turn into humans. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Starring Jacob Tremblay as Fish Monster. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as sort of aquatic life forms who, when they go onto land, can turn into children. Yeah, well, real humans. Um, but then as soon as you get them wet, mm. gremlin style, they, they uh, fuck up your Christmas. They put your hand in a blender. Uh, yeah, so they turn back into sea creatures when they're exposed to water. Mm-hmm. Um, a story of friendship, love, and understanding different cultures. Yeah. I've I'd, just made up that tagline, but it might be right. I didn't see this trailer. <laughs> okay. I saw a previous one. It's what happens. Um and it looks it looks interesting. Like I don't know, it's not massively won me over, but I know it's gonna be it's It might be their good dinosaur. Yeah, because they've also got the other one coming out later in the year, haven't they? Maybe. I feel like they've got another film coming out later in the year. Mm. But yeah, like I don't know, it's not massively God who got me excited to see it, but I don't know, like, it might be one where once I sit down and see it, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is exactly what it needs to be. Sure, yes. Um, what's the other film that I'm thinking of? Hmm. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, right, next one. West Side Story remake. Steven Spielberg directed. Did you see this trailer? I did see this trailer. Good. I, I have never watched West Side Story. Okay. Um, Can I tell you something? Yeah. Looks exactly the same. Well, the thing about West Side Story was, I think I tried watching it a couple of times. And you're a real Shakespeare head, and you're like, ugh, this is no Romeo and Juliet. I didn't like the songs, mm-hmm. um, even though I know there's a couple of like big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it never really dragged me in. But 
Spielberg's a good director, and there's mm. a couple of shots in the trailer that look absolutely beautiful. Um, like he knows how to do like, imagery and things like that. And I think a Spielberg directed musical could be really interesting. So I'm gonna watch it. Um, but it's not the music I'm most excited for this year. Well, talking about um, completely unnecessary remakes, this West Side Story looks like a completely unnecessary remake because yeah. it looks like exactly the uh, the same. But hey, I'm sure it'll be good and I won't probably see it, but I don't need to. <laughs> Shang-Chi, you're excited about this? Yeah, so this is... The- I watched the trailer. Did you? Yeah, of course. I watched every trailer. Um, I've watched every trailer for everything. <laughs> So this is a new Marvel thing that's going to come out after Black Widow. Um, and it's based around a guy who, by looks things, went was allowed to go get... Like, he was trained to be like the best fighter ever. Mm. Was allowed to go get like 10 years of life. And then he's kind of brought back into, you're going to have to punch a load of people. Yeah. Um, I really like it. I really like the look of it. I think it looks like it could be something completely different. Um, it wears its influences on its sleeve. Um, I think some bits look a bit meh at the moment. Like there's a giant CGI tiger. Um, and um, it looks very much like the... So the, the weakest part of Black Panther was mm. the big CGI battle that they had. Um, and it seems like it hasn't learnt lessons from that. No. But it's a trailer, so it absolutely could have. But saying that some of like the Asian cinema style kind of set pieces look really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I would really like to see because I, I get a glimpse of it in this trailer and there's like little moments of it. I really want to see. So Shang-Chi is supposed to be um, the greatest martial artist of all time. Like mm-hmm. he's he's like the greatest fighter ever. And we don't really get to see much of the kind of hand-to-hand or combat stuff or fighting stuff. I know they've had a lot of really great people working on this mm-hmm. um, who are very good at that kind of stuff. I don't think the trailer gives you enough of that. I think there's um, a couple of like hits you see, like there's one on a building where there's um, it's basking like that neon light, and there's a bit on the train where you see him kind of like, double kick two guys in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really cool, but I kind of want to see more of it. Um, but it's definitely got me interested in it, mm. and I, I think I was looking forward to this anyway because it's a character I know literally nothing about, mm. um, and I've learned little bits about it through like other people talking about it. Um, but I really know nothing about it, and it's going to be something that's kind of interesting, I think, mm-hmm. um, in how this all fits together with the rest of the MCU, because it seems so disparate from the rest of it. Yeah, there's magic involved. That's yeah. now that's now the central focus, right? True. With WandaVision and uh, Doctor Strange, that's kind of all magic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Thor's a- kind of magic. But also, he's remember the bit where they had to rebuild his sword and give him a new weapon or whatever it was, and Peter Dinklage played uh, yes. played the guy who operated the forge. It was very funny. Um, it was a good bit. But he's a punchy boy. Um, mm. And how does he fit in? The rest he's got of the like Avengers? magic fist, like Iron Fist did. Maybe. There's a bit that I thought was an Iron Fist thing, okay. where the man with glowing fists punches a table. So that seems to be so which I'm sure Iron Fist's fist glue. Yes, glue glow. <laughs> Glowed. Glowed, I think, is the term you're looking for. They glowed. Hmm. Um, so the interesting thing about this is, so originally the ten rings that the Mandarin has mm. are like one for each finger, um, and each one does a different thing. Mm-hmm. 
This seems to be 10 rings, which are arm rings. So they've got five down each arm, and that's why his arms glow. Um, And I don't know whether they're still going to have all their abilities. Um, I don't know whether Shang-Chi will have his comic book abilities. Um, So apparently he can replicate himself and stuff. I don't know whether that's anything they're going to... Or whether it's going to be more grounded. Uh, The thing with this is, I think because it's like it has its core audience and people who really like this but because it's quite a lesser known character it gives you a little bit of freedom to kind of edit it how you want mm. if you want to ground it you can if you want to kind of make it big and more expansive you can um but i really hope they do go with that kind of um like i said there's definitely like references to like um Crouching tiger in there things like that i really hope they kind of push that because it's something that would be a great thing to open up to the audience the size of the MCU. Mm. Uh, I mean, I like the director, but I like, I watched that trailer and just went, it looks way too generically Marvel still, mm-hmm. and I've got zero interest in seeing this. So who's the director? Uh, it's Destin Daniel Cretton, who did Short Term 12. Cool. I um, didn't see that No, you didn't. Well, hasn't there been like loads of people from Short Term 12 who've gone on to do big things? Yeah. Is that that one? It had like... Brie Larson, Lakeith Brie Larson Jan- Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield, and uh, John Gallagher Jr., and a few others as well. Yeah. I just remember, I just see reference like all the time. Mm. And I think it's because it had so many people in it. Anyway, it's- moving on. Another one. Cash Truck slash Wrath of Man. Did you watch the trailer? No, you saw this. <laughs> Stupid. You saw all uh, trailers. So-, so-, so Cash Truck... As it's called in the UK, it's called Wrath of Man in the US, mm-hmm. um, is the Guy Ritchie movie that is a remake of a 2004 hit film from France called Cash Truck uh, about a guy who joins a security, uh, you know, a team of security for a, a cash transportation truck who, when they get hijacked, seems to have these special skills, but no one really understands who he is or where he got them from because he's got a vague, shadowy past. But he's Jason Statham, so But it turns out that in his past, someone got killed by someone and they never caught the guy, and then he's on a vengeance mission. So All of that's in the trailer, by the so way. So it's his story from Meg? Uh, yeah, but like now the villain is like a tangible person. Instead of a Megalodon. Sorry, a Megalodon. Um... Yeah, I mean, the trailer gives you all of that, so I'm not ruining anything that the trailer hasn't already ruined. Um, Sweet Tooth. so much more to give away. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. You know all about Sweet Tooth. I know very little about Oh, well, tooth. fuck me, right? Um, <laughs> so, so Tell me what, because I watched the trailer, so maybe I know almost as much as you now. Probably, yes. Yeah. Sweet Tooth is based on a graphic novel. DC graphic um, novel. And, and it's... Robert Downey Jr. betraying DC by producing this. <laughs> uh, b- betraying Marvel, rather. Mm. Well, he just knows where his money is. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, he <laughs> sold it to Netflix, <laughs> so yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so this is going to be... Is it a series? Or is yes. It, yeah. And basically what it seems to be is that there are mutant children born into the world and then magic and real human people seems to mix. Mm. Um I don't know much about it. it. It very much gave off bright vibes to me, which is always worrying. But also, it definitely has a lot of fans. So apparently, this is a comic that um, a comic that doesn't shy away from being dark and dealing with the more adult side of things. Mm. Um, and people are very excited to see kind of how that translates. I thought the trailer looked interesting enough, 
but I also had no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be on Netflix, 4th of June, 2021, premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, described as a fantasy drama TV yeah. series. Um, Steam has finished downloading Gas Station Simulator pro- uh, <laughs> Prologue. This is very exciting. Um, I noticed that you're not reading the news. Anymore. Narrated by James Brolin. That's who it was. Couldn't work out who it was. Uh, I mean, it looks, yeah, you're right. It looks like, hey, this is a world where, I don't know, and we've seen we've seen like deer exist, but they're people. Okay, cool. We've seen more and more of this lately. Um, stuff like Onward mm. did this, um, and like I said the the problem is when it goes to live action. The first film I think of is Bright, yeah, um, which had a lot of potential but didn't deliver anything. I think it reminds me of Grimm, the TV series. <laughs> I always forget about Grimm. That's the problem with Grimm. Everyone always forgets about it. I watched, like, the first season, maybe? Mm -hmm. My brother was really into Grimm. Sure. Like, really into it. And kept trying to get me to watch it. Mm. And I never did. Well, you know, it's never too late. That's I am. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'll watch it after I watch Cobra Kai. Do you... (laughs) Do you have anything else to say on Sweet Tooth? No, like, so what did you think about it? So you saw the trailer. I ain't gonna watch it. I think you've seen as much as I did. It looks, you know... Whatever, uh, I got no time for this anyway. <laughs> Too much fantasy. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm not going to watch stuff that I may be in borderline interested in, like say Lovecraft Con- but, uh, County. But as we discussed two weeks ago, um, mm. you are massively excited for Lord of the Rings. Uh, so as somebody who loves who? fantasy, <laughs> I never heard of him. <laughs> who is this Lord? And what rings? The Ten Rings. From Shang-Chi. Oh, my God. Um, one universe. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it looks like fantasy. You know, it looks like Percy Jackson. I never watched Percy Jackson or read it. But you have watched some of Percy Jackson. I saw the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think we should rewatch it, because I think it might Maybe. be like The Mummy. So I was speaking to somebody recently who was telling me that I, I have to read Percy Jackson, and then I found out there's like 30 books in the series. I think you should read The Mortal Instruments. You think? Is that a fantasy TV show? I think it's... I'm not reading books that I've got that I want to mm. read. Okay, why don't you just watch fantasy films? Okay. So watch the film version of Mortal Instruments and then the TV series. Mortal Instruments, the... I think that's... Not the City is on Wheels. You're it? thinking of City Mortal of... Engines. City of... Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say City of Engines. <laughs> City of Bones is Mortal Instruments? Too mm, many like yes. this. Too, you know what? Can I... Right. Here's one thing that the I have. Chronicles. There's, there's one thing that I actually have been meaning to say for a long time. Oh, okay. And this is, Sorry, guys, just getting some burgers. If you to toast these, no, on so this if this take, if you're out there and you're thinking, hmm, this guy's speaking to me when I say what I say, <laughs> then take it to heart, okay? Okay. Not everything has to have a Cthulhu in it, <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> not everything is this because you remembered Lovecraft Country no so it's actually because I was on Instagram the other day and Neon who are a distribution company they're distributing uh, In the Earth uh, the Ben Wheatley film Yeah, they posted a thing about that and then one of the comments underneath it was like hmm I wonder if it's going to have Cthulhu in it <laughs> and I was like can we not just can we just, like... Do you think there's just one guy out there who just wants a Cthulhu I don't think everything? it's just one guy. I think there's loads of them. And they always want Cthulhu in it. 
Not everything. In in everything. Can I just say, can we not have Cthulhu in everything? Too much of a Cthulhu spoils it. That film Wild Mountain Time is coming out, though, the one where it's It's got Cthulhu in it. The terrible Irish accents. Yeah. And, like, Cthulhu Cthulhu. is one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Emily Blunt plays Cthulhu. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying that Cthulhu doesn't need to be in anything, Mm -hmm. but can I say that not everything has to have Cthulhu? I found out about a film that Cthulhu was at the end of, yes. and I didn't realise yes. um, until basically it was spoiled for me the other day. I'm not uh-huh. going to say what it is, uh-huh. but you know what it is, because I, I know I you definitely saw it. Year. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I was like... Mm, last year. Mm, what is it? Mm. <laughs> and I was like... Dick oh. Johnson is dead, but Cthulhu was alive. <laughs> you didn't stick around for the post-credits. <laughs> I was like, oh, of course that's the end. Yeah, of course. Like, anything like that, where it's just like, hmm, you're dealing with old world stuff... It's like, mm, okay, if there's a monster and there isn't a Cthulhu, then good, because that's the only original story there's ever been. <laughs> because Cthulhu is the least original story. Cthulhu's going to be in West Side Story, I just to make sure it's different. I the biggest play that Cthulhu's ever had, and that main name means nothing to people who are listening. Uh, right, so, let's do series roundup. Cool. Where so, start? Invincible. So, um, yeah, Invincible wrapped up this week. Mm. Um, so it was a 10-episode run. Um, I think the last time I spoke about it um, was very early on in the series. So yeah. just to kind of gloss over it again, Invincible is about a kid who finds out he's, um, who knows he's going to get superpowers um, when he grows up, and he gets them, and his dad is, like, basically Superman. Um, and it's about him coming to terms with his powers, but also... Um, eight-episode run. Eight episodes, is it? Yeah. You said 10, and I was yeah, like, I that can't 10, be true, because but... I thought there was only three they released. But yes, continue. Sorry, um, I just needed to double-check to make sure that people didn't think that they were missing two episodes. <laughs> but yeah, um, so it's him coming to terms with his powers and how that affects his um, relationships with his friends yes. and with his girlfriend. But also, something happens to the main superhero team of the Earth, and everyone's trying to work out what happened and what that means. Um it goes places. Let me just say, it goes places. It is very... It starts like very kind of, oh, Sunday morning cartoons sort of thing. Like, this is just like a Superman episode. And then it kind of turns on a dime. Um, and it is full-on. It is very adult-orientated. It's gory at times. It is... It is a lot. Um, but it is great. There was one episode in the entire eight that I went, okay, this is a little dip. But then after that, every episode was like... The last two episodes are phenomenal. They are really good in going, here is a situation that you've probably seen a hundred times in lots of different kind of superhero media, Mm -hmm. and here's how we make it interesting, and what does that mean to your core character, and how does that change him? The last episode is incredibly animated. Like, some of the animation in it is phenomenal. And I I was sat with my mouth wide open because it is just done so well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's funny at times. It's definitely got a lot of heart. I think the voice cast in it is incredible, and that kind of helps the whole thing. Um, It got picked up for seasons two and three, like, immediately. Um, And I'm not surprised. Um, I really want to read this now. Mm-hmm. But I'm also there, like, I might just wait until the whole thing's out because I'm enjoying watching it. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that the series is doing a certain things a lot better 
So, for example, like um, Invincible's mom has more of a character in this, mm-hmm. um, but it's also doing something slightly worse than what the comics does. But what it is saying is like the action set pieces in this are done incredibly well because you're playing with motion rather than just still image. Mm. So you can kind of really go into a bit more detail. Um, if you like your superhero stuff and you want something a bit different, maybe if you enjoyed stuff like The Boys and maybe Umbrella Academy, which kind of take those kind of ideas and change them a little bit, mm-hmm. it's absolutely worth it. It's all on Amazon Prime um, and it's absolutely worth it. Like I've had so much fun watching it. Um, I think it's great. Okay. And that's on Amazon Prime? Yes. Okay. And finally, before we get to movie reviews, we have probably the saddest moment of this week's episode. <laughs> Saying goodbye to a very popular segment. Mm-hmm. Very popular theme tune. So I can't do it. Oh, no. I can't do it one more time. You've got to. People will be upset that I do it and Hold they on. know that they will never hear it again. I'll, I'll blow a trumpet. Mm. Like... um. A like a last post type right. thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, do you want me to do it now? Was that it? Yeah, you got to do it after the trumpet. Like do the you not think it off. needs more of a fanfare? Like maybe its own special episode? No. no, there's not enough here to talk about. Okay, so it's returning segment. Falcon, watch. Okay, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think there probably maybe is something... Too many thes in it is my <laughs> review. Can I say that? Um, I think there probably is a lot to talk about, um, spoiler-wise. Well, let's get that this. content, baby! Um, maybe, who knows, but I... So You're going to have to phone Matt and tell him that he ain't on the episode next week. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I don't... I don't... I don't know, like... Um, I think there's a lot more repercussions from, like, say, WandaVision mm. than this. Um, there are some things that change that are for the better. Um, so, yeah, I spoke about it last time, and I said oh, I was really enjoying it, and I think it just taken a bit of a dip, if I remember rightly, and being, once again, it was like, oh, it's maybe... Mm, or was it? We just had the penultimate episode. Okay, no, so it was great. <laughs> um, okay. So I was really enjoying it. And I think, at that point, I was saying, I'm actually preferring this more than WandaVision. That is what you said. And I think I'm still in that camp, right, from the end of it. I think there's a couple of things that happen in this episode that I don't re- I'm not really on board with and I don't really like. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff in it that I really like. Um, and I think it really kind of leans on the stuff I was really enjoying in the first episode. Mm-hmm. So when it first started, I was like, oh, this is a bit more kind of introspective and it's a bit more about the people and kind of their thoughts and kind of what's happening on what's happening in the world. Um, and it leans on that a little bit more. And I really liked it. I think it's got two or three really great kind of emotional moments in there that really pay off for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It does go into that little bit of Marvel thing of we punch for a bit and, you know, we've got these set pieces. But I think we were always going to get that. Mm -hmm. But that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I I enjoy that stuff. Like, that's not a problem for me. Um, But I also do think that it does kind of emotion well. Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah, there are a couple of questionable things that it does. Um, but overall, I've really enjoyed this. I think this one... So while WandaVision, I think, is a TV series that benefits from the weekly format mm-hmm. because it got people talking and excited for it, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is one of those that could just be watched in one. 
Okay. And you might enjoy it more because I think actually it is just like you've segmented a film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like you saw bits of it. Do yeah. You, do you have any kind of thoughts on it? It like, looks very Marvel. Yeah. Like, and I, I. So here's the thing that I found was interesting was that people were raving about certain things that happened and the fact that it had these discussions about these things. But and I'm trying to talk around. I'm not going to give away yeah. spoilers or whatever. But those moments for me felt really forced and quite. Um, I don't know. They felt like they were very poorly written parts. And I was astonished to find out those were the bits that people were like, oh, this is great, and this is it doing something so, really brave. I think we spoke about last week, the Isaiah Bradley stuff. Yes, and the Wyatt Russell stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I don't know. If, uh, is Isaiah Bradley the character? That, is the character, Okay, yes. right. But yes, those two characters stuff. Um, I really like the um, right. Isaiah Bradley stuff. I mm-hmm. think, like... And what I like about it more than anything is it's actually done in the sense that in a oh, film I, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that would have actually been dealt with yeah and i think yeah i think if you're putting it into comparative terms of within the context of the mcu is that something that would ever get touched in a movie probably not mm-hmm. and if you're going to do it you probably do it in a series that has basically no fan like there's been no like compared to wandavision yeah. this has had absolutely no play in the general uh, zeitgeist True. I feel and I know like m- most people I know watched one like everyone I know watched WandaVision yeah and most of the people who are committed to like watching most of the MCU stuff have watched this yeah of course um, and you know if, I, I feel f- like you're not going to get anyone on board who isn't already going to watch this what I found interesting is I had I think I had more interesting discussions about this say when I spoke to your brother about it right um, and we had a whole discussion about kind of what we were thinking at that point and we had a whole conversation about it. I think the conversation was more interesting than the one division ones, which were just, "Oh, is it Mephisto?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, everything's what? Mephisto. Everything's Mephisto." But remember, Mephisto is the villain of this. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. So yeah, and I think like the conversations around yeah. this are more interesting. Yeah, um, and I think it's because it is quite timely. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is um, there's a video that somebody did called Nandoverse Movies. Mm-hmm. Um, where he talks about a whole plot line that's missing from this series. Yeah. And the theory is that there was a whole pandemic plot line to this. Okay. And they, because they, they um, advise that like, they had to rewrite a load of stuff last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what they're saying, there's a lot about kind of, um, there's a whole pandemic and kind of vaccine equity storyline mm. that's supposed to be in this. And it was almost like, oh, it's too close to home. Yeah. And it might be why some of it seems a little disjointed. Right. Because it's kind of like having to ADR in stuff that um, was missing. Like I said, Nando V Movies, it's like a 15-minute video, and he kind of explains the theory behind it. Okay. And it could be thing. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I really mm. did. And I think Marvel fans would enjoy it, because I think it is quite Marvel, and I think you're right, it is quite generic. But also, I think it does stuff that is... Interesting stuff that I didn't expect it to do. Okay. I thought it was just going to be buddies running around making jokes with each other and um, explosions every episode, and it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It okay. did more. Uh, right. Well, let's move on to actual reviews this week. Not yes. actual reviews, movie reviews. Sorry. Um, to start? So we'll start with The Mitchells versus The Machines, which is available on Netflix now. Um, so this is directed by Mike Reander. Uh, co-directed by Jeff Rowe and written by both of them as well. Yeah. 
Anyway, so this is Sony Animation, mm-hmm. their new thing. So, tell us about it. So, Mitchell vs. Machines is um, a film that focuses predominantly on the father-daughter relationship of... I can't remember the characters' names. Um, it is Katie Mitchell and Rick. Yes. And it's about... So, Katie Mitchell is... Um, she's a quirky teenager who's... A, she makes her own films... Um, and they're all a bit weird. She hasn't really got many friends, but she's going off to college, um, and she's finally found people who match her weird. Mm-hmm. And she's really excited. And her dad just doesn't get her. Her dad is a wilderness guy. He doesn't understand technology. He wants to kind of be um, out in the wor- in the wild. He doesn't understand um, her films, and he kind of wants her to have a backup plan. He doesn't really want her to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a falling out, and the answer to this falling out was he cancels her plane ticket mm. and instead they're all going to get in the family car and they're all going to drive across the country road to, trip to the college mm-hmm. um and they'll all bond and have a great time um when this happens at the same time basically invented facebook um create an app which takes over the world mm-hmm. um but Basically, an AI decides human humanity isn't good for the world, so we're going to get rid of humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's up to the Mitchells to save it. Um, and yeah, that's that's the plot. So at the heart of it is a um, humans versus robots kind of end of the world story. But actually, much deeper than that is a family drama and a family kind of story about the relationships you have with your parents and how you connect with them and how you don't understand the lives your parents lived before you. Mm. Because as soon as you come along, they you are their thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, before you were there, they had their own hopes and they had their own dreams. And actually, that understanding between you and them is hard to get. Yeah. Um, unless you really put the time in. And how, you know, um, Rick Mitchell sees his daughter as a certain thing because he doesn't understand kind of why she isn't something else and she sees her dad as this kind of man that he isn't and doesn't understand what he is um i think it's really great Mm -hmm. this film is really really fun it's it's got one set piece that's in a mall i cry laughed and i almost lost breath Mm -hmm. um for about five minutes because it is so well done it's definitely so phil lord and chris miller are producers on this and it has that kind of attitude, a bit like um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, it's got that kind of quirky comedy, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more kind of um, spunky. It's a bit more kind of brash and in your face at times in terms of the visual style. But that works because it's it works for the kind of narration style that it has. Um, and I think its comedy is done really well. Mm-hmm. Um and it is really funny and it has moments that are really great. Um, and it also really delivers with the heart. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing because actually this is a story of family. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that doesn't work, then the film doesn't work. This film is about, this film makes you wonder, like, I wonder who my parents were before me. Yeah. Um, and it really makes you ask that question and it really makes you... Um, kind of, I don't know, want to connect with them a little bit more. Mm. Um, like, weirdly, 
I, in the middle of the film, I had a phone call with my mom. Yeah. Um, and it almost felt like it was the perfect time to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, not a conversation about that, but like just have a conversation with her. And we talked about basically nothing, um, really. Uh, but like, we spoke for like 30 minutes. Um, mm. And it almost felt like this was the kind of perfect film to kind of take a break and have a chat with your parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really does it well. Um, it's right up there in like some of my favorites of the year. Um, because I think you won't go far wrong with it. Mm. It's one for all ages and it has heart, genuine yeah. heart. 100% would recommend. Okay. Um, right. Final review this week Nomadland. So, as yes. trailed at the beginning of this, uh, won the Best Picture Oscar at the Oscars last weekend along with Best Director and Best Actress in Leading Role. Um, so this is based on the book from 2017, the non-fiction book Nomadland, Surviving America in the 21st Century, um, which is basically about this generation of older Americans who, in the years after the Depression in 2018, um, had to... Well, ch- basically, change all of their plans in terms of their retirement, mm. and became nomads who would live in vans and then work seasonal jobs and be transient across the United States. Um, so, one such character is um, Fern, who's played by Frances McDormand, and we sort of follow her journey throughout America working these seasonal jobs mm. and the people she meets along the way whilst doing so. Um, and it's a film that I think, you know, it's it's more a study of humanity than it is necessarily a study of one individual character. I think it's more about the the entire situation than it is just about one character's particular journey, mm. even though we do have that central focus. I think it's I think it's a really well written and certainly I think it's a really well written and directed film. It does feel very it knows what it is and it's I, I think this film could have easily been one of two things, which is either the film that it is, which is a much quieter and sort of thoughtful film than a the other option would have been if it was coming out with conflict and yeah. sort of anger and fury whereas actually it's more yeah it feels like it ruminates more on you know what the actual effects are of financial collapses on an entire generation who are barely thought about in mm-hmm. terms of that um and it you know features in supporting roles a lot of real life nomads who are playing you know themselves essentially, um, and I think that's kind of interesting as well in that you get to see that authenticity to that. It definitely adds that. Like it definitely feels like these are real people, um, and I don't know how much of their parts were scripted and how much of it is their real life, but it definitely feels real. Yeah, like, even not knowing that, it feels real. Yeah, I mean, the I was reading up a bit about it, and it seems like so. A couple of the actual um, nomads who are featured in the film weren't even aware that Frances McDormand was an actor. Yeah. So my best guess is that it seems like it might have been the kind of thing where, when they were filming, it was under the pretense of sort of she was a new nomad who arrived with this thing and was being followed by a mm-hmm. film crew because it was a minuscule production in terms of the actual. 
you know, you saw some shots from it at the Oscars last week of them actually making the film, and it felt like it was a very small crew who yeah. was actually going out there and making it. Um, and I think, you know, it it feels like it gives you an insight into a life that you don't even, you know, this van-dwelling life that you don't even really bear any thought to mm-hmm. at all. And the fact that it kind of, it gives you a slice of life into a world that you don't, yeah, you you don't really know exists before you go into this film. And I think, I think that's... What's quite nice is shows that lifestyle without any kind of sneer or any kind of agenda. It basically says some people find this life freeing and they really enjoy the kind of the life without burden and that's fine. And some people will find it weird um, and some people will be like, oh, you're homeless. Um, But it doesn't ever have a point to make on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Because what it does, it kind of shows it with no with no commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what makes it more pure. Um, I think, you know, some of the characters in there, people like Swanky, yeah. are, is such an incredible kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting. I really like what they do with the character of Dave as well. Um, yeah. And that's a very kind of interesting kind of point to make in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, my main takeaway from this film is it looks stunning. Yeah. Like, I said to you, Chloe Zhao understands how to film a landscape. Mm-hmm. And there are some shots in this that are stunning. And it's just natural kind of, we are taking film of nature and we've just set it up to look great. Um, yeah, I mean, she's done that prior to, you know, The Rider is a film that is, you know, it is a landscape-driven film as well. Um, and apparently it's what she's kind of pushed for with Eternals as well. Yeah. In trying to get that as much of that kind of stuff in there as possible because that's that's her. Mm. Um well what's interesting is that she was so she was actually filming this at the same time she was doing the pre production on Eternals. So she was living out of a van while shooting, but also having to do pre production meetings, you know, via Zoom or yeah. Skype or whatever it would have been at that point in twenty eighteen on Eternals, which is, you know, compared to this, which was I think a five million dollar film, you're looking at two hundred and fifty million for Eternals. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, okay. <laughs> could, Quite could you have could you have two more disparate films? Um but you know, again I think it's um I think it's a really Yeah, it's a really genuine and sincere movie that I think gives you a it gives you a completely unpolished version of this isn't you know this is not the perfect lifestyle necessarily mm. to everyone this is something that people do because their circumstances sometimes require them to do it some some people find joy in that and some people don't um and it shows some of the sort of downsides of doing it but also the upsides and it's yeah. it's it's very much a film that feels like it's driven on that community feel and that um yeah, that familial spirit that seems to exist within the the nomad community, and I think that's kind of interesting. And Frances McDormand is like the perfect kind of oh yeah, absolutely. For this. I said to you like she's so good at playing these kind of like introspective characters, mm-hmm. um, and I I genuinely after watching it for I can't think of another actor or actress who could be in that role mm-hmm. um, and have delivered it because I just don't. 
like I think she's just yeah great absolutely uh, so that is available on Disney Plus. Want me um, to tell you um, one little fun fact about this film mm. um, before we kind of say again? So it is a film that it still delivers emotion, right? And towards the end, there's a couple of moments that like are really kind of like, they kind of pull on your heartstrings. Um, and I got quite emotional at it. Mm-hmm. But what I'd also done is I'd also ordered food because I was hungry, and mm. I was like, "Oh, it'll come for when it when it finishes." And it came like ten minutes before the end. And I went to the door, and I went to the door, and I got my food um, with tears in my eyes. <laughs> and I can't imagine what that driver must have thought was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, so, yeah, would recommend. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I absolutely. think internationally now, I think it's on Disney+. Plus, Or the, it might be on Hulu in the States. I do get the feeling that some people might find this very slow. like for Oh, me. yeah. And I think, like, mm-hmm. if you're not ready for that, it might not hit the same mm. but I say if you are going to give yourself time and I think you have to kind of give yourself time go for two hours I'm just going to focus on this yeah and you give yourself that situation I think you'll get a hell of a lot out of it yeah like I it's, think it's, it's great it's a very well put together film um, technically but also kind of when you look at the intricacies of it mm. um, right anything else we need to do here uh, no I wrap this on up let's wrap it up um Thank you for joining us. Everyone. Maybe under an hour for the first time in maybe a year. Good lord! <laughs> um, let's let's vamp for a bit. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You've got to pat out that runtime. And please do subscribe and mm-hmm. you know, tell your friends about the podcast. If you have any opinions on anything, um, including cash truck, just message us at Dinosaurman Fifteen on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on Twitch at Dinosaurman Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, You're twitching your Pokemon Snap journey. I did some twitching on that. Uh, Are you going to do non-twitching as well? I think, yeah, I might do. You can't resist. You love it. Yeah, um, but I'll be twitching some other stuff as well, so sure. it's not just Pokemon Snap. Um, Pokemon Snap 2. On YouTube um, yep. as well. Uh, what else? Johnny, Johnny needs to do the, the theme, theme song. song. Whatever, this week it was whatever. This Sometimes week. it's just hard to think of these this things. This week he was filmed, it was recorded inside of a cash truck. <laughs> okay, good. Um <laughs> What? What? Yeah, he he had the special skills um, when okay, they got like cash fine, truck together. Fine, were, fine, like, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, I asked. People. It was stupid. He's playing guitar. Uh, thank anyway, you thank you for hosting. Alex. <laughs> no, thank you for hosting. And guys, until next time. Uh, I don't know. Go and watch 2004's Cash Truck, and then try and work out if anyone is going to be played any differently to any of those characters. Imagine all of them are a megalodon, and Jason <laughs> Statham is very angry. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>